My name is Lene McClellan, and I'm a salon owner in Chelsea, Michigan, and the creator of Radioactive. I've been inspired by the people I get to talk to every day to create a platform for those in and around our community to tell their stories, share what's important to them, and help us uncover what makes us human. Visit RadioactiveChelsea.com to see how you can get involved. Radioactive Chelsea was developed with the mission of sharing people's stories to normalize being human, which is actually way more interesting than being normal. I had quite a few listeners request that I interview Jason Pavlich. He is the owner of Jets, The Rumpus Room, Project 418, Clock Tower Comics, and The Grateful Crow. Jason gives us a little insight into what drives him, what inspires him, and what the future looks like just north of the tracks. One of the things that about you that I admire is your ability to create and maintain such a positive and inspiring culture. And I know that it's so important, not just in the workplace, but in the community, and especially right now. And one thing that I am wondering is what is it that fuels your culture? Um, That's a real easy answer. Uh, It's purpose. Like, we're a business with purpose. So, like, a lot, we do stuff in Haiti, right? And I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Mm-hmm. Like, we've, we've been working in Haiti for eight years now. And so, that adds purpose to the business. But more importantly, within the culture, because most, most people don't give a shit about Haiti. Mm-hmm. That's just, a, there's so much going on here, so. But there's a lot of really good people that do. So, And I understand. It's not for everybody. But what goes on inside the business is like a lot of people that have worked in restaurants understand it's like a family. That drew me to that. Like it's fun, you know. And, you know, and we're, uh, we sell beer. So like that makes it even more fun. But we've created a culture around purpose in regards to here that we don't bash people when they're struggling we try to give hand ups and we've created a culture of that i mean from employees that uh, have attempted suicide that's like you know really bad or people's dog dies mm-hmm. you know what i mean all the crap what happens is is they rally around each other and we're now in our 13th year going into our 14th we um, have now it's like people that were struggling at one point that you know working for us and now here one two five real story ten years later They've come out of it, and their life is pretty good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know? And so they saw that working there did that for them. There's like a pay-it-forward type of mentality. That doesn't mean that there's not bullshit that goes on, because we deal with shit. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. But that, and like a positive culture. But there's purpose into it, and Haiti really fuels that. But it's like, let's really care for each other 
and you know there's business stuff we have to fire people and discipline people and mm -hmm. all that stuff but I think that's what's done it and I think that the music helps too and you're right about culture amongst your employees like it's almost like um when you're just going through whatever trauma or tragedy that you're going through and you really rally around your group of friends and once you've gone through that together now you're reliant on each other we do that here at the salon too we're yeah you're a family here we're family yeah, yeah when someone leaves it hurts when someone else is hurt it hurts when someone has a baby you rejoice maybe yeah married all that stuff you know what i mean yeah i got married and her and her family were supporting a missionary to haiti and when i met her Susie she was I was working with a band and I gotta tell this because it's so important it's so important to our story with Haiti and I don't always tell it but I, I've got to tell it so I was working with a band selling Beanie Babies okay I wasn't selling Beanie Babies with the band I was doing that on the side and I was working with a band what were you doing I was the their band? merch guy oh. I just travel around with them Chicago New York we toured all around when I could go, which was most of the time. And I, I met Susie at a concert near Flint, Michigan. And she was taking pictures of the band. And um, I made sure I got her email address because <laughs> I ran the email address. It was when email was, like, first coming out. Like, we didn't know what we were, you know. Like, what yeah, band email. was it? They were called Madison Green. And now some of those members formed a band called the Ragbirds. Oh. So the Ragbirds, I have a lot of 20, over two decades of yeah. history with. That's amazing. Um, Aaron and TJ. So, so, um, so yeah, so, I, you know, she came to another concert. We hooked up, we became friends, and then I asked her if she needed a job. She needed a job. And so she came and worked for me with my collecto toy business. We got married 14 months later. But before we had that moment of truth where you say, hey, I like you, right? It has to, you know, who wants to make that first move? Nobody. Right. <laughs> one of the top five hardest things in the world. Hey, baby, you know what I mean? And then, especially from a guy's point of view, if she like sticks her finger on that, you know, says, get away from me. Because yeah. that happens. <laughs> it's happened to every man. Poor guys. <laughs> so, um, so as we developed our friendship amongst our groupies, the bands and stuff, and um, this was after I got off the road with the Grateful Dead, by the way. Jerry died and then it was over, right? I have to say that. I was, on, I was at his last concert and oh. I saw his last, like, shows around here like Midwest so anyway so we got to know each other and she was going to Haiti Susie was she was taking a trip to Haiti with her sister for two weeks to help build a church a building and um, through her 
family's friend that they had been supported for a while, supporting for a long time, actually. So she had a lot of, her family had a lot of knowledge and relationships in Haiti. So she went to Haiti. I took her to the airport. I gave her some Reese cups and a hundred dollar bill. And she, I, she didn't know what it was. So then she got on the plane and then she came back and uh, proposed to me. She proposed to you. No, no. She's going to kill me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we sat at a Bob Evans and we had a conversation and then we went out to dinner and a Red Wings game <laughs> and uh, we got married, you know. We were like, all right, let's do it. That we're, night? We're, no, no. Uh, we, it was November 27th, which is her birthday, which was the night that we knew. And right after Christmas, I proposed to her. We got married in May. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And then we had a kid a year later. And then another one and another one. And so many one. kids. Yeah, five. <laughs> so, when I asked her to marry me, um, I, uh, you know, she says, I would love to marry you, but you have to promise me you'll take me back to Haiti. Okay. Now she didn't actually say that verbally, but I knew that was the case. And I've never been on an airplane, but I was like, I knew cause she's a world traveler. So we, um, when we could afford to f fund mostly what we were doing, we went and it broke my heart. And I said, someone's got to help. And I felt called to help. And so now here we are, seven, eight years later, with two centers with over 80 kids. And um, they're doing really good. Like, like so good, because it's hard. Well, it's not so hard now because my role has changed for now. My, I changed my role because it's so hard. Um, but it's 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 going so good. We have our problems because there's like a hundred people with staff, like all Haitian staff. You know what I mean? That's amazing. In though. three locations, so so um, all right next to each other. They're like all you know same block. You can say. Um, but we literally. Um, Two weeks ago, had our soft opening. You're going to love this. You're going to love this shit. We opened, um, we rented a building, and we split it in half. And on half of it, we're selling plates of rice, chicken wings, and pizza. Right? On the other half, it's a, they're doing hair, nails, and feet. The no kids, kidding. we've been training them to do that for about a year. Wow. And last week, I got to say this, listen. Last week was our first real week open opening, and combined they did $1,000 in sales. 20% profit. All the profit goes back to the mission. It's in right. There. We're, it's part of our entrepreneur, our, our business program. We're teaching the kids to be entrepreneurs. There's a lot to say. Like there's, we're training the children. This is not, this is not a mission to go help kids. This is a mission to go empower people. And the reason we do it mostly with kids is because they're not jaded and they're easy mm -hmm. to teach, but also they're the most helpless ones. 
so right on the streets living no parents all that stuff we talked about like I went to him as a mentor and like we talked about maybe doing it together and stuff and when he told me $300,000 to do it right yeah. You can do it for less, but I said, how much does it cost to do it right? And he told me that. My passion for it just, like, synced out. Because I was thinking it was going to be, like, less than half that. Based on some of my research, which wasn't much, that's why I started going to his shop mm-hmm. and talking to him. And um, we decided that it just wasn't right because the Grateful Crow was is a lot bigger than what we imagined it would be the grateful crow got so like so big it's a monster project and we just kind of was like what do we have the passion for right now mm-hmm. you know and and because things change when you sometimes your plan isn't what yeah like i said so so we just said you know i go to comic book shows every almost every weekend i go to a flea market i'll go yard sailing i'll go to um sports card uh um, shows and all that stuff every weekend and i was like you know i have all this stuff and i really like this and i used to do it and i got five sons i said hey let's scrap everything and open a comic book shop (laughs) and everybody was like yeah and then, like, my 12-year-old my was like, I'll give you everything I have. I want to invest. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, all right. And then another boy said it. And then another boy said it. Then the last boy said, I got to think about it. <laughs> so, anyway, we are like, did that. Hey, and I'll tell you, my 12-year-old, my 13-year-old, my 15-year-old, and my 17-year-old, all put in five thousand dollars each. Wow. And that money, it was from them working at Jets Pizza. They saved their money. So I'm really excited about the Grateful Crow. One of the questions that I've been being asked by my clients is how is it different from Back to the Roots? Because I know that you guys used to own that. And also What happened to Back to the Roots? Well, the Grateful Crow was birthed out of Back to the Roots. If it weren't for Back to the Roots, the Grateful Crow would never even been a thought. Because the reality is we closed it, and although I believe it was the right decision, I always regretted it because I loved it I did it was a good place it made people feel good it had good food you know I ate there a lot Um, I know it was the right thing but I regretted it and so I my trip to the West Virginia we were Mm -hmm. in the hills of West Virginia I saw this burger sushi place that was like shortly if not the week after we closed and I saw that and so I just kind of obsessed over it, like the a regret, the failure, which I understand failure is a 
it's part of the recipe to success. But the reason it closed is because, you know what? There was four guys on four different paths. And there was wives involved too. And there wasn't enough money. Although it was close, it was really close. Oh my gosh. But I, when, when the partnership fizzled and I was left standing, literally, I was the one left to run the place. Like the operations and develop, it was still in development. I mean, it was, we, we just said, let's do this and let's do this and let's do this. And it developed into something pretty cool and tasty. Can you describe that for the audience? So we did, the, the, originally we were going to do coffee, little stuff like a Starbucks would do, you know, pastries and stuff and sell clothing because a friend of mine, his name was Jason Bendinelli, him and his wife came from Colorado to do this with us. And they had a business in Colorado Springs, Manatee Springs, near Colorado Springs. They had a business called Back to the Roots there and it sold clothing and jewelry and body jewelry. Jason and Ida, our history was that we used to do music festivals together. We used to go to a music festival once a year together, combine on a booth. We would sell body jewelry, clothing, all kinds of stuff. So we were like business partners and we would do it once a year, make a little bit of money, have some fun at a music festival. It was called Cornerstone Music Festival and just have some fun. And then finally, I had the Jets Pizza restaurant. I was buying two stores in Toledo and I said, hey, come work for me. When they got here, they wanted, there was a spot in town where, you know, the spot where Back to the Roots was, which was right next to Cleary's Pub, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, where the Chelsea L House is now. Oh, okay. So, so, um, so they came and, and they had a desire to do the same thing they did in Colorado. And what ended up happening at the same music festival, one year we met a gentleman named Caleb and he was working with an orphanage in Haiti. I'm not Haiti, I'm sorry, India. We were in Haiti, he was in India. And so, um, so he was selling bags. So we kind of combined things and the whole mission was to make money for this orphanage in India. Okay. It wasn't a nonprofit, but our intentions as young guys was to, we're going to take the profits and give it to uh, India because we had the Jets pizzas. Wow. But it just completely fell apart because we were young. You know, we all made mistakes. I was the proclaimed leader of the group and I made my mistakes, but ultimately I was left standing there. And I said, I'm not going to do this. I had these two Jets pizzas in Toledo. I had this stuff going on that I had, I had um, gone to Haiti a couple of times because the India thing started like fading away because the guy was not with us anymore that was doing it. And so I shuttered the business because I couldn't do it. I didn't want to put any more money into it. I had lost money. 
I don't regret losing that money. It's kind of like a college education. Mm-hmm. It was less. It cost less <laughs> than a college education, so I I'd do it again for the lessons. <laughs> that is an amazing perspective. I'm telling you because if it wasn't for that, I would not be who I am now. Right. That failure, as painful as it was, and it was painful. What was? It wasn't the money. I didn't give a crap about the money. I was like, I'm not going to do this. It was closing a business Mm -hmm. in this town, in Chelsea, and having to face that when I have another business in town and having to explain, which some people have heard this story, but I'm, I don't want, I don't, I'm comfortable talking about it now, but for years, I don't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? I failed. Oh, I quit. Oh, but. I get it. It was all worth it, though. So, yeah, it was just, and you know what? I look back, I'm going to be 45 very shortly. We were in our mid-late 30s. They were younger than me, and we we, we tried, and I think we all learned, and it was worth it. Mm -hmm. And we did help uh, the kids in India, and they're still doing well, even though we don't, we're not involved. We just kind of pay attention. I, my husband and I moved here about eight years ago and I started doing hair at a salon down the road and uh, I don't even know how long ago it was I closed so were, I would were say you eight or nine years you've ago you've been here yeah because we you've told me this before the big Chelsea news yeah was that back to the so roots was it eight close. years ago yeah it's, kind of, it's a real big blur right and you didn't get to experience it. I didn't get to experience it was really it. good so I got to be it was first really in good. line. We did for... breakfast there. We did coffee. We added sushi because I was like, we not going to make it on selling clothes. I was staunchly mm-hmm. against it. Them doing it in the first place. What kind of clothes? Like hippie clothes. Oh, okay. But stylish. Like festival like, clothes? Yeah, but, but not like cheaply handmade yeah. crap. Yeah. It was good. It was called Gypsy Rose. It was from a place called Gypsy Rose. They're really good. I know that brand. Yeah, so we got them. It was mostly from them and a few other people. So I was staunchly against it, and they were insistent. And I was like, I'm not going to miss out. I'm going to jump in because they were my buddies, man. Mm -hmm. I was like happy that they were there because I was in Chelsea all alone for a while. I mean, I had people working for me, but it's lonely at the top. When you're the owner and you're trying to build something mm-hmm. and you're broke. Mm-hmm. We didn't make money in Chelsea at our Jets Pizza. Because of the circumstances, it, it took us over five years to make money. We were also building out too, but it was it was hard. It was a hard grind. What? Why did you decide Chelsea? Or? It was the closest available area. I grew up in Wyandotte, Michigan, which is downriver near Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I kind of lived downriver in like Taylor and, and Allen Park a little bit. But I graduated from Wyandotte, Michigan. And I worked at the Jets Pizza in Allen Park. I got a job when I was 25 years old. And then I worked my way up to the district manager and I used to own part of the store in Lincoln Park and I was running Taylor Allen Park in Lincoln Park. And I did that in, with someone else for five years. And I wanted to go off on my own. 
I, I wanted to open my own store. Even though I had part ownership of a store, I wanted to spread my wings, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Chelsea was the closest available area to me because for four years I drove back and forth from uh, Downriver. Wow. To Chelsea. I would sleep in that store multiple nights for multiple nights in a row i would i would work from open to close i worked from open to close almost every day for three and a half years i would sleep there i would have clothes there i would i had an i have an office <laughs> i slept on the one time i did it just because i slept on the flower bags I, you know i was like i'm gonna sleep on the flower bags so Thank you for joining us for this episode of Radioactive Chelsea. Sign up at our website, RadioactiveChelsea.com, to receive notifications for when the next podcast is released.